Quiet down, quiet down. Tom Parry has the floor. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matthew. I wasn't quite expecting that. Proceed. Oh, I, I was just uh, saying to Matt, I had a little something to say about the current state of, uh, of games consoles, and uh, but primarily the Xbox 360 and the PS3. I, I switched on the Xbox the other day, and I was, I was thinking, oh, what new sale... What new items have we got on sale? That's quite exciting. You know, just a bunch of Serious Sam games. Oh, I wasn't really bothered about that. I found their sales have been very limited uh, just lately. Uh, and then uh, I checked out, well, what new releases have we got? Nothing of that interest, you know? And I looked at their indie games. I thought, this is such a, such a mess of quality. It's so hard to find anything good, you know? It's like Microsoft don't care. They just let you rate them yourselves, you know, the content and everything. They just pile all these indie games on and trying to find a good one is like a minefield. Uh, yeah, and, and of course their uh, Xbox Live Gold uh, game that they give away every month is always something you know that you've either already played or was very cheap to pick up or you don't really care about. On the other hand, just lately, I think Sony have been delivering some great uh, experiences for the PS3. Of course, uh, they've had all the releases Xbox had and more, you know, things like Beyond Two Souls and Dragon's Crown. There's There's... There's plenty more I could I could list, uh, and also you got the new Gran Turismo coming out soon for it, and blah blah. blah. Uh, they seem to be supporting the console a little bit more, you know. Even though PS4 is on the horizon, you'd be taking more time to release new stuff for it. Uh, I mean, Matt, you can testify that some recent indie games. Whoa no! Up. Whoa no! Testify in a court of law like this? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know. So, so uh, what, what, what did you pick up recently? Uh, you remind us. I was letting you have a rant. Oh, no, damn no, it. No, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I picked up. This is a conversation. Oh, I, I thought it was an intro. Uh, it's to developed into something bigger than that. Okay. You have to find somewhere to uh, start the podcast. Tom Matt Attack. <laughs> Continuing. Yeah, continuing on. Um, do you know what? I can't actually remember. <laughs> I was asking you, uh, you downloaded a couple of games for your Vita recently. I, you no, no, about no, I know, I, I know what you asked. I just can't remember the names. Proteus. Proteus is one of them, um, but I can't remember. Lone Survivor is Lone the other Survivor. one. Lone Survivor. Okay, yes. these are maybe some examples of... Dive Kick. Dive Kick? That was PS3 exclusive, was it? I believe so. Okay. They were also made beyond Steam, but so is Proteus. Okay, anyway, I've noticed this just lately. It feels like Microsoft has sort of abandoned the Xbox. I know they've still got World of Tanks coming, which we should be all World very, of Tanks! Very excited about. But they don't seem to be taking the care and attention uh, that maybe, maybe Sony have given the extra effort they've given the PS3 just lately. I think it's a kind of a state of affairs of the current console generation of the Xbox 360 and the PS3 in that Sony have kind of had to care because they rode so highly and then had to do these things, whereas Xbox is kind of has your 
you know, I own an Xbox, you own an Xbox. Some of my favorite games of this console generation are on the Xbox. Exclusive too. Exactly. Mm. Um, but... But the current state I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, this is what I'm saying. But I think that Microsoft have kind of got themselves into this thing now going, ha, we're amazing. People are going to buy our console because it's got the Xbox brand on it. And obviously the Xbox One debacle kind of showed that, no, you can't be that cocky. And mm. they've tried to backpedal from there. But as a result of that, I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think they've just kind of abandoned the 360 now when they're focusing on the Xbox One. Yeah, and they seem to be making a lot of half-assed attempts at um, competing with Sony, for example, the game Gold thing, which he just pulled out at last minute. Which say. is bullshit. Hey, we've got our sort of PlayStation Plus type thing going on here. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass. Like I I don't it's get don't, games for gold. They seem to care about games. It's all about games. All about new experiences, and such. For Sony, you mean? For, well, Microsoft don't seem to. For Microsoft, care so it's all much. about entertainment. Yeah, but like, Microsoft is all about this this, this entertainment thing. Which, uh, I mean, Sony capitalised on it at, at E3, didn't they? To state that they were all about games and and their new stance and as you say they've had to live up to this thing now and they keep releasing these indie games of a, of a good quality and well they're trying to start this hashtag thing for the player have you seen this yeah i know there's a certain amount of marketing and uh, pr regarding this now and we'll soon be able to keep it up into the next generation you know i hope they do uh but i hope microsoft embrace their indie side again as well because I love the fact that they have the indie store, and there's a lot more games on there than than the equivalent on the PlayStation Network. Yeah, but this is the thing because a lot of these games we are not seeing at least two, and I can't I can't believe I didn't get you to check up on it last week. But a lot of those are getting released to PlayStation Mobile, oh, yeah. which is something we can't access here in Scandinavia. Thank you, Sony. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I guess. Sony have kind of got a quality filter thing on. It's also the weird thing that when Sony release a game in one region, they're not releasing it everywhere. Mm. Um, for example, I can't get Dragon Fantasy Book 1 and 2 on my Vita, mm. whereas you can in the US. And there's a lot of other things. But I mean, Microsoft kind of just dicked around all their indies, didn't they? That's why Phil Fish had a fucking breakdown. Mm. Is because... Like, they just completely mistreated them over Fez and then wouldn't let them patch it without paying, like, $10,000 or something. He was like, well, we haven't got that money. Yeah. So they, they kind of... I I think it's different this gen from what I'm, I'm hearing because, like, they had that thing, didn't they, where indies were like, yeah, we're working for Microsoft. So I guess they're trying to be less dickish. Hmm. But at the same time, Sony just seemed to be more forthcoming... But is that really the case? I don't know. I'm not an indie games developer. It'd be interesting to find out from these developers what it's like to work with these big companies. Yeah, that's true. Getting their games released out there. I think many might say at the moment Sony's a bit easier to work with. That's my feeling, at least. Yeah, well, it, it seems to be ringing true, right? I mean, like, when Microsoft announced uh, Capybara's Below, that roguelike game they were doing, uh they were very quick to come out after that press conference and after the, the hail of bullets that Microsoft were getting over the Xbox One and saying it, it's not an exclusive exclusive. It's a time-limited exclusive, so it will be available on other consoles. Yeah. And that was the highlight of their E3 for me, that and Max Curse of Brotherhood. Mm. So what does that tell you? The two indie titles they had were the better than any of their AAA titles. 
And we'll be, it, it's soon coming up to uh, Judgment Day on these new consoles. It is. Uh, two weeks away. being released very soon. Uh, intrigued to see what sells. So am I. Um, I mean, I've I've taken the the official step now. I did look at my finances and did still kind of toy with the idea of going. Should I just should I get the Xbox One anyway? Uh, I thought no, stupid. So the Xbox One is cancelled officially. PlayStation Four is still on the cards, and we'll see how that goes. Fortunately, it comes out on payday, so <laughs> that is yeah. a big bonus towards me getting a PS Four. But I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very curious to see it. And to be honest with you, like the end crunch decision came down to the user interface. Mm, really? I was sat there and I looked at um, that leaked video of the dash because that guy had got his console uh, yes, too big too online from Target. Story at the minute, yeah. And it just looked the like a slightly improved version of the Xbox user interface, which I hate. Was so it plastered with some advertising? It was plastered with advertising, and there was also more boxes per page. And I had a conversation with this about our friend, with our friend Adam last night, of him saying like, "Oh, I don't like the Sony interfaces. You have to go over to things and you scroll down." And I was just like, "Yeah, but you, Microsoft, you got to tab through everything." I said, "The store's a fucking mess. Like, how much easier it used to be to get games you wanted, and now you've got to go through like seven different options." Mm. I just don't like it. I don't like the user interface on the Xbox. I admit with, uh, I agree, sorry, with, with Adam there with the PlayStation now, when you've got a lot of games downloaded, it is a pain to scroll through them all. I'd really love, and I've been thinking for a long time, uh, I know you can kind of separate them into formats, for example, yeah, PS1 games, one, mini yeah. games, whatever. Uh, but if you could uh, separate them into genres of games, so I could have a folder just for fighting games, or a folder just for platform games, one oh, for adventure. I think it'd just be nice if you could sort them yourself. Yeah, so just you could have, have your own like, yeah, yeah. way to sort them would be great. Uh, I don't know if this is in the PS4's uh, user system. But I mean, you know, the Xbox hasn't got that, right? The Xbox no. has just got alphabetical order, which is a pain in the ass when you want to play no, because <laughs> you have to scroll right to the fucking end. Yeah, you have to tap your your R button, flick through. Yeah, and get keep through flicking through. I mean, in the, in the same way, it's just as bad. And you have to get go through several different menus to get to that point. Whereas yep. PlayStation, you turn it on. And yeah, it's but that's there. what I'm saying. At least yeah. like when you scroll through a list on the PlayStation, you have to get to that point. Mm. The only thing I will give Microsoft big props on is it's a lot easier to play things from external drives on the Xbox mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than it is on the PlayStation. Whereas it's a lot of faff and a lot of button pressing and stuff to get stuff to read. And even then, once you finally manage to access your portable hard drive, etc. Then you get everything in a list. You have to scroll through the list. Whereas on the Xbox, it just gives you a list of the files rather than the folders. And then you can just click what you want to watch. But it's all about the games. It is all about the games. And but yeah, I like to pirate things. <laughs> Not games. <laughs> films. Um, yeah, so I can't watch them on my, on my PS3. You can't watch them on your PS3? Well, you can, but it's a lot of effort. It's where you plug in a driving your show all. Yeah. And then you can watch them. You do, whereas I can just go to media on my Xbox, and then it'll be there. I don't think there's a massive difference in that. No, there is. Trust me, I'll show you later. It's a lot easier but to if watch If you've got stuff. a few films on a USB drive, and you plug it into your PlayStation, it's and you lo- find the USB drive, and initially they don't show, and then you press show all, and then they all appear, and then I've... Yeah, but Xbox is just click one button, and then everything's there. Okay. It's just A, and then everything's there. I'll show you later. It's a big difference. It's the okay. o- only my only thing I prefer on the Xbox in yeah. terms of, and again, that's down to media, not games. Yeah. So yeah. 
Xbox One will be a media machine. It will be a solid medium. Ah, very good. Let's move on to games we've been playing. Ah. Because as I just said, it's about the games and not the consoles so much. I like you. They're releasing the games you want to play on the console, which is a bit of an issue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'll let you start because um, you in your own words of last week will What's be that? quite funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think I, I, I've said, was it last week or a previous podcast? That I previous know, like three podcasts. I no, no interest in uh, GTA <laughs> 5. Um, and, and we've made a point of saying as when all the hoo-ha was going about, the game was released and everyone was raving about it. And we would say, well, we've not played it and we're not too bothered about playing it. We much prefer playing on our Wii U's. What have you been playing, Tom? I'm playing Grand Theft Auto Five <laughs> <laughs> on the PS3. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a background story on why I'm playing Grand Theft Auto Five. Please fill us in. When it came out, I was in the same camp as a lot of people, curious about it. And uh, see, considering we do do a games podcast, it will be would have been good to talk about it upon its release. It would have. Uh, Danish prices are extreme. And even, you know, standard normal British prices are rather high. For, well, uh, it's a Grand Theft Auto game, isn't okay. it, you know? Um, I was recently on Zavi's Mega Monday, £42. What? On the Mega Monday. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, and of course in Denmark it was more than that. Uh, so so we, we ignored it and we made a point in the podcast because we weren't that bothered about it. But maybe that was a lot due to the fact that it was so expensive. Yes, it was. And if it was cheaper, mm. we may have just picked it up. Yeah, I, I think so. I walked into our uh, supermarket that's just around the corner. Furtex. 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 Yeah. Um, and saw it there. As soon as they entered the store on a little stand, along with copies of uh, FIFA 13. Yeah, whatever. Or yeah. 14. Is it FIFA 14 now? I don't know. Is it 13? Uh, it's 14. 14. Yeah. Anyway. And they were selling these games. Grand Theft Auto 5, FIFA 14, for only 300 kroner. Which is amazing. Equivalent to just over 30 British pounds. Yeah, but, you know, it's all nice well and good, price. You know, okay. even by British standards, and I that's a nice price. And I went into the supermarket, I got on my normal shopping, still thinking, well, that was a bargain, wasn't it? And in the end, I gravitated back to the front of the store and picked up a copy. And thought, what the heck, you know? Yeah, why not? I, I uh, brought it home and started playing it. And it's a joy to play. It really is. Everything is... I have to say, silky smooth would be the word I'd use to kind of get across the feeling of how the game plays. That's it, all well and good, but to use your own words against you in this praise of the game, mm. you kind of expect that it's a rock star game. Well, I, I don't remember having quite the same immediate love for Grand Theft Auto 4 as I have for 5. Yeah. I thought it was a bit ploddy. That's uh, true. Uh, and it didn't feel as smooth to play. Maybe this is something to do with using the PlayStation controller. I don't know. But the, I think when I'm talking about the smoothness of the control in the game, I'm, I'm talking about the handling of the cars. They, 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 they feel less heavy. Yeah. And I think they've gone for a kind of uh, balance between a realistic feel and a more and arcade fun. style. Feel yeah. and, a, and a fun. It's really fun to drive the cars. And everything else, it just effortlessly works. Yeah, uh, and I love this new idea of uh, swapping between characters because it gives you such a rich variety of gameplay. Okay, uh, that you know, with the other Grand Theft Auto games, you were given a character. This is the character you're playing as you'll play with him throughout the rest of the game. Nico Balik, Silent Man, mm. etc. Indeed, 
and I have to say, I didn't quite enjoy Sandre for the reason that I wasn't so into the gangster scene. Yeah, we talked about this. No, uh, was I. CJ was his name? Yeah, CJ. Yeah. And, and that kind of turned me off the game a little bit, as good as it was. But also, the other thing about that game was, it was for me, it was too big. I liked a lot of the stuff they put in there, though. Like, yeah, just the, the simple ideas. ideas of the fact, you know, they ought to keep eating and, like, stay healthy yeah. and all this kind of stuff. I mean, for that PS2 game, it's really ambitious. And a, yeah, and, and that ambition continues into this game. But never you never feel overwhelmed by it, the way it delivers up these new ideas to you quite quite slowly. And yeah. you can choose to use them or, or not use them yeah. most of the time. Uh, and, and, and you do actually start off in GTA V in that kind of gangster kind of environment in the hood well you, you start with trevor so don't you you start like well, robbing a bank you start with all three of the who will become the protagonists of the game and you swap between them is it oh you, i didn't even realize you that. begin playing as the dude the older man yeah the, the ex-mobster and then you switch to trevor yeah. actually you don't play as uh franklin yeah uh in that uh, and then you, you switch, quickly move to franklin and it's all kind of ghetto stuff and ghetto talk and, and such. And it can be a bit irritating after a while, Yeah, I have to say. I won't repeat some of the things they say yeah, it's okay. on the podcast. We, we are aware of what they may say. But you've sat in a room with someone playing GTA, most likely San Andreas, and you, yeah, you kind you, of get an you idea. You know of it's a kind of the, the hood stereotype. Uh, yeah, profanity yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and such. Uh, so just for me, it's been a great a bit, but I do find myself chuckling at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it's got it's got a sense of humour, which is which is nice. It's always prevalent um, in Grand Theft Auto, though. But you, you know. get up to a certain point with um, Franklin, and then you suddenly get a total change of feel when you, when you uh, go into the other character, who I wish I could remember his name. Well, the guy that's not Trevor. <laughs> the guy that's not Trevor. Yeah. Oh God, I I know no, I haven't played it. I I didn't know his name because of all the advertising, but no, I've forgotten it. Yeah. Keep talking. Anyway, on. he's got a totally different. Um, lifestyle to franklin you okay. know he's got he's got the family but it's dysfunctional family you know he's got this he's got this kid who's like a waster and he thinks he's cool but all he does is sit on his backside and not do much and yeah he's a bit of an idiot he, he fancies himself as like a, a gangster but he's not but he's white and he, he's you know he's yeah. <laughs> he wants to be this this stereotype cool guy but he's he's really not is he uh, trying to be like name himself after his dad or yeah, he wants to be like his dad. His, his name's dad is Michael, by the Michael. way. See, not a very memorable name. His dad is the ex-mobster. And, you know, he's kind of retired now. He kind of sits on his bum and doesn't... But there's an event in the game that you kind of see he's still got that streak in him. Yeah. Uh, and then he teams up with uh, Franklin. They, they, they find they've got similar interests and they like each other. And... You can see this relationship develop, which is quite cool. And then you yeah. switch back and forth. Uh, really nice. Change of pace, change of feel of the game. Okay. Uh, you can do this at any time. I mean, I'm explaining how the game plays now and what happens. And I'm sure most of you already tried the game or own the game or have played through yeah. the game. But I'm I'm really impressed with it so far. and I, That's good. As you can see, I'm enthusing about it. Well, I, like the way you were enthused about it and the fact that you've gone back to it again and again, you know, I mean, yeah. I was only thinking earlier, like I walked past your room and saw the killer is dead poster on the door. And I was like, you played that for like 10 minutes and you got a poster I, on your door. But Killer is dead. It's still in the back of my mind as a game I want to pick back up and play. Yeah. There's something about GTA which doesn't feel like an effort. Yeah. 
You just sit back on the sofa and relax and you can you know, you can go for it, really go for the missions and such. But you never or do because it's GTA. Your, or you can play it at your pace. Yeah. You know, and there's loads of other little little things that you can do. But even doing the missions that, that they feel relaxing, nothing's been So the missions don't feel like a mission. Is that a Tom Parry box quote? They don't feel like they they're effortless. Yeah. That they're they're they're, ch- they're not so challenging yet. You can see how they will progress. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know with previous experience GTA games, they do get particularly Difficult, challenging yeah. later on. And I mean, you've had a lot of fun at the moment, just killing your characters by running into walls, right? That's hilarious. If you make them jump into a wall. Yeah. How, <laughs> how, how often do you kill someone if you jump into the wall? You jump into a wall. I don't think you can kill them by jumping into a you wall. You can. You can die. Can you? I thought just by repeatedly jumping into the wall. No, if you hit if you hit it at a particular speed and a particular angle, you can kill yourself. Okay. No, I haven't been doing that. I thought you've been trying to kill yourself. Oh God, yeah, there's a whole world out there for you to explore, Tom. Yes, if if you really want to try and <laughs> repeatedly kill yourself, you can. It, it, you know. You know how you want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> GTA. Um, may I try and move on? I think you should. Um, uh, because this kind of relates to GTA. And I've uh, been playing two games and Pokemon. So I'll just make it clear now I've been playing Pokemon. I've, Still. I want to I wanna kind of chime in here. Um, as I said last week, I've kind of hit the point of saturation with this Pokemon game already. I know, but you've played it more. Yeah, but like I, I realised I tried to pick it up again on... Thursday, when I was going to do stand-up, I tried to play it on the train. I just kind of was just kind of like, oh, this is the same game. I'm sure once I've completed the game, I'll also feel the same about it. But for me, still, I'm still caught up in it. But it was like, I got there and I was just kind of like, oh, shit, I've just done the same thing I did when I was 10. But the thing is, Again. It's, <laughs> it's so easy to play and friendly that you don't think that, isn't it? It's very clever what they've done with this game. Yeah. Because they've got rid of all the little annoyances and they've made it so pleasurable and so instantly gratifying that they've kind of hidden the fact that it is the same thing, pretty much, but with, with this fine-tuned gameplay. Yeah, but once you get past the Elite Four and once you've done the same thing, you just realise, oh shit, I've just been tricked into spending 40 hours playing exactly the same game over again well, just with new Pokemon. I'm enjoying it so much and I'm enjoying the fact that other people are playing it. Yeah, exactly. You 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 taking your time as a Wallow friends playing it, whereas I just kind of burnt through it. That's yeah. probably maybe something to do with it. But I, I had to because I had so little time to play it. The, the times I had to play it, I really got stuck in. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of... Kind of over Pokemon, I'll be honest. I will. Oh, you'll I, still play the next one. I'll will reti- you? No, well, I'll still go back yeah. to X and Y. Like, I'll, yeah. I'm still, you know, I'll still do stuff. But like, for the time being, at least, I'm just kind of like, yeah, take it or leave it. Like, it's an amazing game. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's mm. is the best Pokemon well, game. I, as I said, I do feel that like I'll probably get to that point as well. Yeah. Once I've done the Elite Four. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's still going on. That's still going on in the background. I love Pokemon. Keep playing it. Been playing it every week for the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, that a shit game. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go as far as saying shit. Really? My opinion of it has slightly changed. Well, I, I'm just going to point out here for our listenership. Um, Tom's been doing some serious mental thought about this next game. But if you'd like to see okay. what it is. So to go back to what I was saying before, as well as Pokemon playing two games, GTA V and Sonic Lost World. Which, if you were familiar with the podcast, you'd know Tom's been playing well, for a while. I was yeah. a little bit disappointed with it, as I said on the last time's show. Um, 
And usually how I've ended up playing GTA 5 has been out of frustration with Sonic Lost World. My intention when I sit down to play a video game lately has been to play Sonic Lost World. And I get to a certain point and I get so unbelievably frustrated with it that I have to turn it off and play something else which is so much more playable. The hallmark of a very good game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sat down this morning uh, expecting to last five minutes with Sonic Lost World. Yeah. And yet, No. I will point out you didn't really have a choice because I was using the TV. Yes, but, but still, I, I, I enjoyed the experience of playing it this morning. And what happened, may you ask? Well, I, I, got, I will ask, Tom, what the devil happened? I got onto a streak of rather enjoyable levels. Okay. Beforehand, the game, I'll say it right now, it's so inconsistent, it's unbelievable. You yeah. know, I've just played through a couple of real, real stinkers which were infuriating me. And, and there was so much trial and error in those levels that it was ridiculous. And it was, I wasn't enjoying it whatsoever. So you used up all your extra lives, you got free as a pre-order No, well, actually, bonus. I worked out how to use my extra lives now, which I didn't know before. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have an inventory of um, gifts that you're either given to... given by people from the Miiverse, or you've got through some promotion buying the game okay. on the yeah, release, yeah. like I did. I got 25 lives, but I, I I couldn't use them. I didn't know how to use them. And uh, I worked out you can only use them in-game, not on the menus. So, yeah. And I realized this because I was playing on the gamepad, and I had them in front of me on the gamepad, and I was able to just touch them and, and use them. Yeah. Whereas um, I'm never really looking at the gamepad when I play with the gamepad on TV. So I haven't noticed that they're there. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't using them and I was, every time I turned on the game I was starting level and I was being said you you got just received a new gift from someone on the Miiverse uh, but your gifts are full you know your inventory is full you can't take it yeah. throw it away I've been throwing them away throwing yeah. them away throwing them away but now I can use them and I tell you what the gift of having 25 extra lives was a blessing the amount of times I had to retry these last few levels okay. that I played previously the session this morning great Level after level, I was really enjoying it, and especially the 2D levels. And I thought, there's some clever ideas going on here. This is this is good platforming. I like it. It's when it kind of twists into this Mario Galaxy-esque 360-degree uh, ro rotational world that things just don't seem to fit. Yeah. I also came, also felt that, yeah, this game's easier if I walk. Yeah. And my initial, initial thing was for a uh, Sonic game was to run, you know, because I like the, the pace of Sonic games. I was reading online today a uh, discussion with the uh, the director of the game, okay. saying he didn't want his game to be like this this time around. He'd seen Sonic Un Unleashed, I think he was talking about, and he, he'd said, uh, no, it's too fast. I want to slow it right down. That game's too fast. Re really weird that you should say that. Seeing half the game is the warehog levels, which aren't fast at, fast all. at all. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, so the idea was to slow it down and make it more pure platforming experience. Is Sonic the right vehicle for that? I I, I wouldn't say so. No, the the fun of Sonic is the speed. That is the. That is why you play Sonic. Like that is the the thing. That's why you play Sonic. That's over why he's Mario. got a pair of sneakers on. <laughs> that's why he's running really fast in every other iteration. It's because that's what Sonic is. But when you start to, to realise how the game's been designed with this idea of slowing down is important. But who thinks about that? <laughs> it's a Sonic game. Yeah, and you start to play it a bit slower and then you realise actually this game isn't as much of a mess as you think it is. 
which is a shame, and it shouldn't be that way, I don't think, because a Sonic game should always be designed with speed in mind, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it confuses the audience who were playing, expecting a fast game, like I was. And I was there holding down the right trigger, like trying to run through all the levels, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and when you get past that, you realise there are some good ideas in the platforming, and, and gradually some of these moves, uh, new moves became apparent. because You'd be skipping the tutorials. <laughs> When you first start the game, you have the option whether to listen to the tutorials at all. The game doesn't stop to let you read anything. Yeah. The, the tutorials pop up on the gamepad, and you touch them there and then as you play through the first level, and it tells you important things. Yeah. Again, if you're not looking at the gamepad... Again, TV, if you've ever played a Sonic game, it's never really no, in quiet tutorials. Yeah. We, you don't want to look down at the gamepad and look at tutorial and look back up and... Blah, yeah, blah. of course not. Uh, but they introduced this kick mechanism, which if I'd known earlier, I would have been able to breathe through some of the early levels because some enemies require to use the kick as opposed to the uh, homing attack. Yeah. I wasn't aware of this, and I've become aware of this now. And the game's built with the kick mechanic in mind. So as you play through the game, you, you, you realise how important this is. Um, and I, I keep going back to the point. I was playing this on the gamepad and not the TV. And I think this game has been made to be played on the gamepad. Yeah, I'd say so. When you use the colour powers, they all involve, um, for those not familiar with colour powers, it introduces Sonic colours, it's these little aliens, you collect them and they allow you to change Sonic into various things to get through certain parts yeah. of the level. Um, some make him go faster, uh, some make him turn into a rocket, some make him turn into a musical note. And a good example is the musical note. And once you turn into that, you tap on the uh, gamepad screen to make him move across the uh, the level. Okay. There's some markers on the screen that you press in turn to make you move. Uh, and if you're playing that on the TV, you wouldn't want to keep looking down. Yeah. But because it was on a gamepad, it was just a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic Lost World. I'll keep going with it and see if I do hit, which I'm sure I will hit some levels again, which will infuriate me. Yeah. But now I know the game, and now I know what it is, I'm finding it easier to play, and I'm, I'm able to enjoy it more. It just shouldn't have been that way, I don't think. I, I agree. I, it seems backwards to me that they were just like, hey, let's slow Sonic down, Yeah. yet still include a run button, because people expect Sonic to go fast. Oh, wait, that won't cause a problem, I'm sure. There's certain sections where they've decided this is fine for you to go fast. Yeah. But they're usually ones that are on the rails. Yeah. they don't give you any control anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and when it's off the rails again, it's usually time to just be a bit m more methodical in your thinking and take it a bit more slowly. Okay. And there's this weird variety as well in, in the levels. At one level I was playing earlier, I was a snowball through the entire level. Right. So I was controlling a snowball with Sonic inside. Okay. And see, it's an, it's an idea. Yeah. But it's... Out there, I wasn't expecting it. And a lot of times, they'll, they'll give you a level which is a completely new gameplay mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. You aren't expecting. Yeah, and then uh, never use it again. Uh, perhaps not, no. Great. I mean, one hand, you could argue that it's giving the game variety. On the other hand, it's not necessarily giving you what you expect or want from a Sonic game. No. <sighs> Let's say. Yeah, I, I, I won't spend any more of this podcast talking about Sonic Lost World, but... <sighs> I, I still can't recommend it. I still think there's better Sonic games you could play. 
I think. Thomas has actually um, done a, a graph of <laughs> his feelings of the Sonic games. And this is I was compelled to do him. this because I feel like the quality of Sonic games is so up and down. I wanted to see it on paper. So what I did was uh, I listed all the games along with a, a bar underneath. I'd actually seen something similar in, in the NME where they were rating the uh, process of a concert okay. based on the songs and what they felt were low points and high points of the, the set list and, and the feel of the concert. And so this is a graph I've created. I'm sorry you can't see it, but uh, of the high points and low points of the Sonic series. Just give us a few. I mean, well, uh, maybe you can vector it and then we can upload it and then people can see it. But so this is all my personal opinion of, course. Of, of what's happened with the series along the way. I look, I've concentrated on the main series titles. Uh, so I started off with Sonic 1, obviously, and, and that's the benchmark. So that's the medium level. Okay. So Sonic 2, I felt, hit above that. Uh, Sonic CD, a little bit less, still great game, but Sonic 2 is my pinnacle, and that's why it's the highest there. Uh, the kind of the Sonic Three, Sonic and Knuckles. That was that was good. That was a strong like eighty-five. I've marked it on here. Yeah. And then eighty-five above the uh, beginning level. Right. I still don't know if this numbering system makes sense. But then with Sonic Three D, it kind of dipped below the standard of Sonic One. Yeah. Slightly. They tried a oh, new thing with it. Oh no! I see what It's not doing. necessarily a, a bad game, but it's it's not quite Sonic. And again, Sonic Adventure wasn't quite Sonic. There it is sitting just below the, the benchmark set by Sonic 1. Yeah. Uh, I feel it leveled back out in Sonic Adventure 2. It made enough improvements that Sonic 1 not being my favourite in the series, it was at least on par with that. Yeah. Still nowhere near the heights of, of Sonic 2. Which version of Sonic 1 are you making the benchmark? Master System or Mega Drive? I haven't actually considered the Master System version at all. Okay. I'm thinking of the main titles in the series. Okay. Yeah, no, it's just curious. Uh, the Mass System title, I love for maybe more nostalgic reasons. Also, yeah. I think it's a better platform game than the original Sonic 1 on okay. the Mega yeah. Drive. Uh, Sonic Advance was pretty good. You know, the, that I felt was above the level of Sonic 1, not quite as good as Sonic 2. Yeah. It continues Sonic Advance 2, which I thought was better than Sonic Advance. Re really good game, actually. I like that one. And then Sonic Heroes, which wasn't quite as good. Sonic Advance 3, which wasn't quite as good as Sonic Advance 2. Sonic Rush moved it back up there. It was great. Sonic 2006 dips. I've never even knew of Sonic 2006. It's the Sonic the Hedgehog released on Xbox and PlayStation Oh, that piece of shit. Okay, yeah, that now I know what you mean. crap was so glitchy and so messy to the point where I couldn't bring myself to play it anymore. Yeah. I played part of the first level, I think. I played the demo and that was enough for me. Yeah. In fact, the demo was really quite all right. I still and that gave I a lot of people shit. a false impression of, <laughs> <laughs> of the game. But that's right below the bar of Sonic yeah. 1. Right below. Not just under it. Right that's below. the worst title in the series for you, is it? It, it is. But, uh, I thought Sonic Rush Adventure wasn't on the quality of the first Sonic game. Yeah. Again, to measure it against the original. I thought the stupid sailing bits in it, uh, you travel from level to level through a boat... Uh, are really bad. They're these little kind of mini games where you have to shoot enemies on this boat. Yeah. yeah. Pointless. Why did okay. they bother putting that in there? Fun. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Sonic 4, Episode 1. That's you, Mr. Whatever that is. Oh, sorry. Sonic Unleashed leveled it out again for me. I thought okay. that was good. I thought that was okay, too. Yeah. 
the Sonic 3D levels were the best Sonic had ever been in 3D. Yeah. To that point. Uh, the Werehog levels were, were okay, but they were just at odds with the other gameplay. It didn't quite feel right. Yeah. Uh, Sonic 4 Episode 1, right down there. Again, not quite as bad as Sonic uh, 2006, but the level of my disappointment of that game, not because it's unplayable, like yeah. Sonic Adventure 2006, but it promised to be Sonic 4. It promised to be the sequel to Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. I did not get that experience whatsoever. I got what was essentially a rehash of Sonic's finer moments in, to the point where they were replaying old bosses. Yeah. Or be slightly re reworked. A stupid level which really slowed it down where I had to light uh, uh, fires to see where I was going. I didn't like that. Yeah. So that was bad. Um, Sonic Colors, wow. Whoa, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> that that got right back up there to the standard, I think, of uh, something like Sonic Advance 2. Yeah, okay. I thought that was good. Uh, Sonic 4 Episode 2 wasn't quite as good, but at least it had improved on uh, the Sonic first 4 Sonic 4, one. yeah. Uh, Sonic Generations was good. Very good, in fact. Um I've rated as high as Sonic Colors. Which is interesting to me, since you love Sonic Colors. Yep. Um, it was so nostalgic, and it really brought back the old feel of Sonic, backed up with some solid, really solid gameplay, which felt fast. Yeah. It was fast. It was great. It was it was very Sonic. Um, everything apart from the end boss of Sonic uh, <laughs> uh, Generations yeah. was great. Uh, and then this one, it's below, for me, still below the mark. Set by original first Sonic one. one. Okay, interesting. You'll have to vector this. I think people. <laughs> I think people might want to see it. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you made any sense of that, well done. Uh, and you can just see how passionate I am about Sonic as a series and uh, a character that I've grown up with. And I've always come back to his games because I like the. I like the character. Yeah. And essentially, I like the gameplay. But it's been so inconsistent just lately. It's. It's, it's a bit frustrating. Yeah. It's almost as if they don't know what to do with Sonic these days. Yeah. I actually haven't included a couple of maybe the Sonic storybook titles for the Wii, Sonic Lost Rings and Sonic uh, the Black Knight. Yeah. I still see them as offshoots. You could say Sonic 3D was an offshoot as well, but yeah. I've included it in there for you know. a, the sake of it. But yeah, okay. Oh, God, Matt, can you talk now? I can. <laughs> I've been playing Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, Yay. that's a total change of uh, subject. Um, those of you who listen to the podcast regularly will have heard me rant about Assassin's Creed 3 before and how it is way too film-like for its own good. I kind of actually got into that today. That was kind of suited for a lazy Sunday. I had got into it as well. Tom was watching it. As I would watch a film and being, you know, uh, getting involved with what was happening in the characters. Yeah. Tom was liking it. Um, it's good. Uh, there's a few niggles that I don't particularly like. Um, the assassination feels totally different for me in this game for some reason. It could just be because I haven't played two for a very long time, but it just felt a bit off. Uh, the free running frustrated the shit out of me. I, I was trying to use the R trigger to run. I was playing on the Xbox. I just kept hitting either things that weren't, supposed to be there or he would automatically jump to a platform I didn't want and as a lot of the the sync challenges for those of you who played Assassin's Creed uh, you'll know 
that you have like side mission kind of things that you can carry out as part of the main mission, like little objectives that get your sync ratio up, which is kind of like your completion level of the level of the memory you're in. And like I'd I'd automatically start off and I'd just hold down the R button, which feels weird to me because I always want to press A to jump, like in the first one. I held on the R button and then he'd hit water. Connor, the main character, would hit water and it's like failed the side challenge, like right from the off of just like, God damn it. Oh, yeah. It's it's okay. Like, I kinda like the Tomahawk. I don't think the character of Connor is as bad as everyone slated him for being. I mean, he's not Altair, who is just the most lifeless character ever made in my opinion, even though he's kind of cool in Assassin's Creed uh, Ezio's story where you play as him in uh, Revelations, I think it was. Kind of redeems him a little bit. He's, yeah, Connor's okay. He's not a great character, um, but it's okay. Uh, a few twists and turns already in it that I've gone like, oh yeah, this is what I like about Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, it, it's good. I, I don't get what all the flack was over, to be honest. I'm watching it. I think the particularly epic and i think not many games offer an experience like this in terms of the setting and what's happening around you and the kind of variety of things you get to do like i saw you sailing that ship considerably yeah impressive. the ship battle was okay like a, a to be honest what i've seen gameplay wise a black flag the uh, assassin's creed 4 they seem to improve the ship stuff a lot yeah and like that's why i picked started playing this one again because i was like well i want to play four much in the same way that I wanted to play Revelations, that's why I had to play two because I hated the first Assassin's Creed. I I really disliked it because I thought it was very repetitive. Like I said, I thought Altair was a terrible character because he's just a douche. We got a nice surprise with Assassin's um, Creed two, and then played Assassin's Creed two, and it's my favorite game of this generation. That Shadow of a Doubt is such a such a well made game. Ezio is such a likable character, and he goes through so many things in that game that it's just it's great. One of the few games that I've been compelled to do everything in, like I have a thousand and a thousand achievement points just because I wanted to keep playing it. Mm. Um, and Brotherhood doesn't really do that much for me. Revelations is very good. And then I was kind of expecting 3 to do the same, but then it started weird and it's very epic and it feels... I don't know, it feels a bit more advanced than that gen should be. I think maybe if they were tried to do it for the next gen consoles mm. obviously it would have meant ubisoft not developing a game for a year or whatever but it tries to push the series a lot in a particular direction which i don't think it was really ready for and apparently they've kind of evened it out in black flag now where it kind of has these epic moments of this game's trying to have mm. but still stylistically keep into the yeah. the pacing of two hats off to the vision behind oh yeah definitely and it kind of makes me a bit sad that they've said that they're not going to do anything with connor much like they're not going to do anything with the girl from assassin's creed liberation which i still haven't played the vita title yeah but i'm very interested in picking that up now because I, I played this and i was just like oh yeah assassin's creed it's always solid gameplay mm. i it's why i wanted Watch Dogs. it's why i was going to pick Watch Dogs up next week but unfortunately that isn't to be now it's delayed, it's delayed until next year but yeah, I I remain optimistic. The last chapter I did, which you saw me do, was a bit of a pain in the ass because it was very much felt like a tutorial chapter halfway through the game, which is a bit off. But yeah, I guess it's because they were starting it up to be another Ezio Alditore where they would have been making, I don't know, Assassin's Creed 3 
like whatever subtitle subtitle and then releasing four into the next gen but I think they had such a backlash with this title that they kind of needed to leave the character of Connor and move on to the next character in Black Flag. Hmm. Which is a bit of a shame, because like I said, I don't think he's that bad a character. But he got a lot of flack. They're really building upon what they've created in 3 with Black Flag. They are. It's obvious, you can see by watching Matt play uh, 3 that the ships were a big part of uh, 3 and they just you know, built upon that. Oh yeah, definitely. And it seems a lot more fluid and that's why I was kind of a bit disappointed playing the ship levels in this because I know what mm. it does in the new mm. one. And it kind of makes you feel like you just want a pirate game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It? It's like, it why does. not? Why don't we just do this pirates? Because I think that's probably what cool. they thought. They're probably just like, yeah, this is a really nice idea, like nature and stuff. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, we just do a game of pirates, you know, swashbuckling <laughs> on the seven seas. Assassins are kind of pirates, right? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And it, it's the reason it's probably getting such good reviews. I can't wait to play it. But I won't be picking it up now until my PS4. Mm-hmm. I was going to get it because it's one of the cross-buy games that you buy it for the PS3 and then you pay uh, the equivalent of like £5. I think it's like 70 kroner, so maybe a bit more, mm-hmm. to get it then as a digital copy because I still think that'll work out cheaper than me buying a physical copy for the PS4 to get a digital copy. No, I I honestly I still think it's gonna be expensive. Really? They've said, haven't they, that the next gen games are gonna be up in price. So hmm. I mean a point that I talked about with Matt earlier was the fact that these new games are so much bigger in size they are. Than, than the last generation. And that kind of shocked me a little bit. How big are the um, hard drives on these new consoles? Do you, do you know? I can't remember off the top of my head. Are they uh, bigger than what we've I had think they're generation? like 500 gig. Okay. Maybe. Because if you think about the size of some of these games, you're going to need a big hard drive. Yeah, well, I was reading um, that guy who got his Xbox earlier managed yeah. to get the day one update and then managed to get online and stuff. Pretty much like 10 games is going to fill your Xbox hard drive. I think the Xbox hard drive is like 250 MB. Uh, gigabyte, sorry. Um, and most of the games are looking, some of them are looking to be like 40. It made me laugh that FIFA was 8 gig. I was just like, yeah, it's because it's the same fucking game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny looking at that. Uh, but some of the more ambitious games, big games. Yeah. Even the versions of Call of Duty, right, 30 gig. Yeah. But no interest in it. Heard terrible, terrible things from friends who really like Call of Duty. With the exception of our friend Jordan and the boys in the house, Adam, again, liked Ghost. They were enjoying playing it. Though apparently they've taken out uh, four-player multiplayer now. Split screen? You can't play four-player oh, split screen. Oh, you have to, no. Yeah. That hurts. You have to play two-player. blow there. Yeah. So having fun with your mates playing COD can't happen now because Infinity, uh, Infinity Ward, Activision and Sledgehammer or Triarch, or whoever the fuck develops this game now. Just don't care. They want your money. So I mean, they missed a trick with not calling it Dogs of War. They did. I think that would have been perfect. It would have. That will be the, the next one. The dogs are the selling point, aren't they? From what I gathered, they're, they're the freshest thing in the game. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And dogs keep cropping up in video games. They're, they're, they're a feature in Grand Theft Auto as well. Are they? There's a, I did a mission just now where uh, I had a dog included. And I think he'll come back. He's got a name and everything. I even got a chance to be in the dog's head and see through the dog's eyes. <laughs> until he, he got distracted from uh, tracking down the uh, guy we're after. He started humping another dog. <laughs> change back to uh, Franklin and uh, pull him off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, sense of humour. But yeah. 
It yeah. seems to be the new thing to slap in games. Yeah. A dog. A dog, yeah. What can we do with the next generation? Put a dog in. Dogs are the new kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, And you've bought something this week as well, right? Because oh, I, I, I bought haven't bought anything. One game this week. Uh, I, I go back to the, the fantastic sales they have on the PlayStation Network. The sci-fi sales last week. Lots of good titles on there. One of them being Blood Dragon. Yeah, Far Cry 3. Uh, and very cheap. I think it was about, about 350 Around 3 to £4. Pounds. It's not bad. I think it's uh, some savings up to 75% on there. That's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I liked uh, watching Matt play Blood Dragon. When he it's a very it fun a game. A while ago. And I like the soundtrack. I like the whole 80s soundtrack feel of it. Great. And the fact it's got a sense of humour. doesn't take it so seriously. And yeah, wanting to play a first-person shooter like that. Yeah. It's just pure... Not pure realism, like your battlefields yeah. and your cards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I picked that up. And Good times. Affordable. And, and small downloads, only two gig. Really? I noticed that, I'd, yeah, I didn't have a lot of space on my PS3. You did not. And I'm having to delete stuff. Of course, Grand Theft Auto V requires a eight, eight. gig, uh, eight gigs worth of space on there. So, I was deleting stuff I hadn't played recently. and Yeah. That's why I haven't bought Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn, because I want to play it, but alas, I don't want to take up half your fucking hard drive. So I'll get it when they release it on the PS4. Mm, okay. Uh, and that's what I've been finding. I've been downloading quite a lot on PlayStation, just because these sales are really good, and the games they include in these sales are games you want to play. Same with the Vita. I got a lot. Of, I got a huge back catalogue of Vita games yeah. that I need to play. And I very rarely buy a game outside of a sale. Yeah, well, you don't need two these days, no, do you? because there's so so much variety, and, and it doesn't take long for games to either be in the PlayStation sales or to be given away as part of PlayStation Plus. True, which is kind of a negative thing, really, because, I mean, the publishers aren't getting the, the full whack, but... Uh, you I know. think they like it, though, don't they? They get people playing their games. Well, that's true. Which is good. Yes. I don't know how much Sony... I don't know. I, I, these. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hmm. I guess they must get a bit of money... To be a PlayStation Plus game, I yeah. guess. The and it's, it's good advertising. Yeah, of course. But yeah, uh, that's it from us, I guess, then. Yeah, for that's, this week. that's pretty full. That's pretty informative, I hope, this week. Yeah, um, you learned a lot about Sonic. And <laughs> <laughs> so did I. Um, Tom, I will. Hope I didn't waffle on too much. I will force him to vector that graph so you can see it. Cause it's when I've made sense of it myself. There in its paper glory. I think I'll have to help you with it because the number scale seems well off. It really is. I think it should be zero and then up to plus 10 and then down to minus 10. Yeah, that would be that would make it a lot easier. Yeah, because then it sets the I bar line. I just didn't want to give Sonic. Sonic one zero. Yeah, but, you know. Zero it's, is... Yeah, it's yeah we'll figure it out. It's the even. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Um. right. Um. Yeah, good show. Uh. Tell you how. Uh, <laughs> find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Matt Attack. Find us on Twitter at TMACast. You can also find us on Stitcher and the iTunes Marketplace. Give us a review. Give yes. us a listen. Give us a subscription. Please oh, let ho, us ho. know if you do agree with Matt. <laughs> it was a good show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't, I'm sure we'll find out. Um, but until next week then, I guess it's time to game on. Oh, game on. Tally please, ho. Please goodbye. Do.